When I was thinking about what I wanted to share for a testimony, it really wasn't hard to think of what I wanted to share. I think the hard parts were probably going to be expressing them. But there's been a couple of things that have been really been going through my mind in the last week and a half. And just with different circumstances, I've really been thinking a lot. And probably a lot of the similar things that you guys have been thinking as well. But probably the one thing that's been going through my mind is that we need to be people of prayer. And even the song that we just sang about, prayer is a passion. So far, and I see it in my life, prayer is more of a habit for me. Get up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you for letting me wake up this morning, especially after an earthquake at 4.30 in the morning. But thanks for letting me wake up. And Lord, please help me to have a good day. Get to breakfast. Lord, thanks for this food that you've given to me. And I always pray in generalities. And I look back at how God has answered my prayer, and I really don't see much. And I go, well, God, why haven't you been faithful to me? And I look back at what I've prayed for, and I haven't really prayed for anything. And that's one thing that I've really been trying to learn, is for me to pray specifically, and to pray intelligently, and to make it a passion in my life. The other thing I've really been learning is just to evaluate my life and to see if I'm walking the narrow way that God has called me to, or am I just kind of walking the wide road with kind of just a spiritual tint to my life. And a lot of, just in the past 10 days, a couple circumstances have made me think about those things. And maybe you've been thinking about those as well. But between the earthquake and also just living with Redman here and the situation that he's been going through and just the example that he's really been leading, I've really seen a lot and that's really meant a lot to me. And that's why I've asked Scott to kind of come up here and share some things with you that hopefully you can see that vision that he has and just kind of be challenged that we should be people of prayer to have that as a passion in our life and also to evaluate our lives and to see if we're really sacrificing for God because there's people around the world that are laying down their lives for the furthering of the gospel. And we have it so easy here and we don't make the little sacrifices. But I'd just like to let you get to know a little more about Red Man's situation and the situation with Scott and his family down in Columbia. If you could just kind of tell us what's going on in the last 10 days and what kind of happened with your dad. Um, well, most of you know by now that uh, my father was kidnapped um, by guerrillas there in Columbia. And I want to thank all of you who have been praying for me and my father, especially my mom, my brother, and my sister, that um, thanks for your faithfulness and your encouragement. Um, what happened is the guerrillas came to the missionary base there and uh, took my my dad, came into the house, took my dad, and then took um, another man named Tim Van Dyke. Um, he was also a missionary there, a dorm parent. Took both of them and took them up the valley from the missionary base. And uh, they have them still. And um, one thing that was a great blessing was that they um, were kind enough to let my mom and Mrs. Van Dyke pack change of clothes for for the men and, and their Bibles, which was uh, a tremendous blessing to be able to have God's Word and to read. Um, and also that they were able to take two men is good, that they can be a team, they can work together, and confident that God has chosen them as a team to work together in the situation. And uh, so uh, they have been seen by the Colombian neighbors up the valley, and they know now that by word of mouth that they are doing pretty good. They, they've 
Um, been treating him well, so give praise to the Lord for that. Now this follows about a year when some other new tribes missionaries were kidnapped as well. Is there any more news on them? Um, uh, there was three men in, in Panama, the uh, new tribes mission uh, missionaries also, and they were kidnapped a year ago. Many of you know that. I've been praying for that. and um, We need to continue praying for them because that situation has not progressed very well because they don't even know which group has them. So it's very hard to, to negotiate with somebody who you don't even know who they are. And they do know they are alive. As of four months ago, they were able to know that. But they don't know anything new. So continue to pray for them because it can get very discouraging for the family and, and the people who just don't even know what's going on and, and uh, have their loved ones gone. So pray for them also. Now, presently, what is the status of the negotiations? Have they found a negotiator? And how does that all work? And how is your mom doing through all this? Um, as far as negotiations, they're supposed to try to contact the guerrillas, the negotiators are, um, either today or they might have yesterday. I don't know. I'm going to call my mom tonight and find out. Um, but they've found a person that does the negotiation, one of the missionaries. They need somebody who doesn't crack under stress and who's pretty steady through the whole deal so that they don't give ground. Um, as far as my mom, she's doing very well. She's she's a very incredible woman, and I thank the Lord very much for her. And uh, so she's doing very well. She's in Columbia right now still. And she's going to come back up to the States pretty quick? Yes. Possibly. Don't know when. Uh, can you kind of tell them what you've kind of been praying for, for the gorillas? I really thought that was a really neat touch. Um, this, this has not happened just for the sake of happening. God has a purpose in this, and um, we feel very strongly that, this, that God's purpose in this, His main purpose is that the lives of the gorillas can be touched because apart from contact with the missionaries that they have, as far as the gospel getting to them, it's, it's nothing. And we need to pray for their lives that um, they'll be touched and that they'll be changed because they're in need of salvation just as much as you and I were when we were lost and uh, pray that um, their lives would be touched that they'd be open to what uh, the men have to say to them and uh, pray for the men my dad and Tim as they as they uh, attempt to share the gospel and, and have a witness among them that they'd be strong and, and uh, faithful in their witness what are some of the things that we could maybe pray for specifically for your mom and dad and also your brother and sister Shad and Shannon um Pray especially for my dad and Tim as um, it can get very frustrating and um, uh, very frustrating when, when you don't know what's happening and it seems nothing's going to happen and uh, time goes on and on. Pray that they'll um, not get frustrated and, and uh, discouraged because it's really easy to get discouraged in a time like this. Pray that they'll stay strong in their faith and uh, be a good witness for my mom is it's going to be very hard for her also and, and it's been pretty hard for her um, pray that she'll continue to trust in God no matter what happens and for my brothers and sisters they're here in the states also as they don't know a lot of what's going on so um, just pray that um, everybody will be uh, growing in their faith and especially for my dad and Tim as they're out there by themselves good thanks I hope that can be a challenge for us to pray for Scott especially but also that we just increase our own prayer lives and that it will be a passion in our hearts and just to evaluate ourselves and 
to know that we need to sacrifice for God because He's definitely worthy of that. Uh, how about we both pray for your mom and dad? Generally, Father, thanks for the um, the chance to be here. Lord, I thank you first of all for my for my parents, my mom and my dad, and also for the for the people here at the school who have been so encouraging and so faithful to pray for the situation. Lord, I pray that um, you'd be with my dad and Tim, encourage them, and strengthen them in this time, keep them faithful to you, help them to work together as a good team. And also for the gorillas that you'd be doing a great work in their hearts. And that they would come to know you as Savior also, Lord. Pray for my mom as uh, she's uh, in a difficult situation. And Mrs. Van Dyke and their children. That you would um, encourage them, strengthen them. Pray for my brother and my sister also. That you would um, give them encouragement and peace. And thanks again for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this time that we can get together and bring before these requests. Thank you for the faithfulness that you are and that you're always there. You're the same God that Jacob served and you're the same God that has allowed this to happen in Columbia. And you're the same God that we can pray to and ask for your help in the situation. Lord, I thank you that you're a God that's worthy to be served and that you gave your own son as a sacrifice and that nothing we could do could ever even measure up to that. And so I just pray that we'd give it our all and to make you honored and gloried. I want to bring before you Redman's parents, especially his dad, as this is a totally foreign situation to him. And I just thank you that you've chosen him because of the strength of a man of God that he is and the possibility to further the word to the, even these gorillas. And I thank you that you allowed him to have his Bible in just the small ways that you've already answered prayers. And I just pray that it would be challenging to us to be people of prayer and to know that we need to sacrifice for you. And I just thank you again for this student body as we can rally behind Scott and just pray for him. In your name I pray. Amen. we kind of like to do is is we've we've spent some time praying and we spent some time worshiping in song we spent some time worshiping in prayer um, and what we'd like to do now is kind of worship together through experience and I don't mean some you know everyone raise their hand and we're going to experience but I get myself in trouble but what I'd like to do and as I explain this you guys can jump out of your seats and come on up is Throughout the semester, and I believe this is true in my life as well as in yours, God's been trying to teach us some things. And just as Scott has shared some experiences that he's been going through, and it, is, as, is a, it has encouraged my life and it has taught me some things, I think there's some things that you are going through that can teach us. And I know it's, it's kind of hard to come up to one of these, these two mics and um, kind of share your heart and kind of get up in front of 700 people and have them watch you. But what I'd really encourage you to do is is to kind of put that away, that, that fear, because we can learn a lot from the things that God is teaching in each one of you. Um, just friends that I've had that we've talked through some, some things and things that God is showing them um, has really been an encouragement to my heart. And I know that the situation with Scott has really... God's talking to me through that experience. Um, 
So what I'd like you to do is if if you feel that God has, has been teaching you some things or throughout the semester there's been some things that um, maybe you've learned through ministry, maybe you've learned through your personal time in the Word, maybe you've learned from um, friend or something, I'd really like you to come to one of the mics and John, I think, is over here and Scott is over here and um, just come on up to one of the mics and kind of share. Um, not everyone at once and um, we'd appreciate it. And if you could just um, share with your name and okay. then... I'm Mary Chapman and I'm a senior. And, um, gosh, I just something I've learned in the last couple of days, um, I learned from experience that happened with my little brother. Um, He's a sophomore at Central Washington University, and um, I called him on Sunday. It was his 21st birthday, and I, he was really excited about the whole experience. And I called him, and he wasn't very excited, and I couldn't understand why, except for maybe because my father had come the night before to take him for a nice drink so that he wouldn't like go out with friends and get drunk or something, because that's kind of a stupid thing. Um, anyway. Um, I thought maybe he was tired or something, but he finally explained to me that his roommate that he had had last semester um, committed suicide on Saturday night. And my brother and I have had the same experience since we've both been in college, that we've had different roommates every semester. But um, Rusty seemed to be like a really good friend for him and somebody that they could both impact on each other in lives. And I've just been convicted that, you know, our roommates are probably the person in our life that has been, you know, a person that comes there and is there with you all the time and goes through everything with you. And sometimes we're not good, we're not great to our roommates. And I mean, my roommates that I've had, some of them are still here. And my roommates I have now, they can all attest that I'm not the greatest person to live with. And I've learned some great things from those people. And I just think that we just need to realize that those people are in our lives and they're there and we do care about them and that we should care about them too. And just really, you know, the Lord's put them there for a reason, and that's just something that's really been on my heart and just been learning from that. And if you guys could just remember to pray for my brother, his name's Matthew, and this is something that's just never happened to him before, and, and he's not handling it very well. So I just would hope that you guys would hopefully pray for him and rest his family. Hello, my name's Michael, and uh, I've been a student here now three years, three and a half years going on. Um, you know, this has been a very trying time for me. This is the second earthquake I came through. I went through a 6.7 in my hometown in 1983. Um, when this thing hit, I really, I really fell. I really fell into some sin. Um, I lost my focus. My focus fell off God. And I really started looking at the immediate around me. I started looking at what was going on around me. And I saw a lot of people out there hurting. And I started thinking about what I could be doing for them. And I, I took my focus off God and was focusing on myself. Even though I think my, my ideas were good about helping people and, and what we could do, I forgot that God had a plan for my life. And my, His plan was for me to be at this school and to continue on in my education. Um, I've talked to a lot of students and, and I've heard the word focus a lot. They could not focus on school. They were focusing on what was going on. And I just encourage you to remember that God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan that is not temporal, but it is eternal. And we must continually look forward to the eternal salvation, the eternal glory that he has planned for us.
I know it's very difficult right now for me to continue on with my studies and to, to sit down and do my homework, but I have to remember that He has a plan for our lives, and I think we all need to remember that and just turn to Him. Um, I just really had to get on my knees and ask for forgiveness because I just, I just totally took my eyes off Him. And I just pray that, you know, all of you would continue to seek His face and not our own glory. Okay. Thank you. My name is Laura Canning. I'm a senior here. I'm an off-campus student. Um, I was at my home in Castaic when the earthquake happened, and um, I was very grateful to have a family, um, a man and wife, that could take care of me. It was very nice to have a man take control of the situation and help me be calm and everything. And I was talking with it, with um, the lady I live with about it later um, last Wednesday, and she had been to a Bible study where they had talked about it, and she said, um, you know, we can all relate to the terror of waking up and not knowing what's happening and having stuff falling all around us and, and not knowing what happened and really having the situation out of control because, you know, it's like when the ground goes, we, I mean, so many things you think, well, I can, I can control this, I can handle myself, but the ground, I mean, when the ground shakes, we just shake with it and we can't do anything. And, um, we were talking about that and, and the, the terror that I think most of us would admit that we felt, whether we um, express it in different ways or not. Um, but that's similar, she said, to the, to the terror of being in hell. And we experienced that for 30, 45 seconds. And um, un-Christians, non-Christians are going to feel that forever. And it's really kind of humbling to think about that. Um, and in the Bible, there's another story about um, the man that, that died and went to hell and would have given anything to come back and tell his friends what it was like so that they would know not to go there and to not live the way he had. And, um, and they said, you know, it wouldn't do you any good even if you came back from the dead and told your friends. Um, and I'm wondering how many non-Christians going through this um, and feeling the terror. We have the, the peace to know that God is in control and that he has a purpose for all this, but... Um, I can't imagine being a non-Christian and feeling that and having the terror of not knowing what's going to happen to me for eternity. Um, if we can have Mark, and then we'll sing some songs, and then we'll come back. So if you could, you could share, and then if you want to keep coming, keep coming. We're going to sing some songs, and then start again. <clears throat> um, I'm Mark. I'm a sophomore here at the Master's College. And for those of you that were here last year, you know when I came here, my family weren't believers, and pretty messed up family, and over. A year, the Lord has just worked miracles. Um, my mother and my stepfather have come to the Lord through an interesting occasion. I know a lot of people here have been praying. It came to a weekend where my stepfather attempted to almost kill my fiance and big uproar. And at that point, I have to admit, I thought, oh, I don't know what God's going to do here. And unlike Paul and a lot of the great saints, I said, God, do something to him. And it ended up, God did do something. He saved him through it. And I guess this is more of a testimony of God is awesome in that, you know, we look at a situation and say, oh, this is all bad, but he turns it towards good. And, and I still have my father who isn't a believer, and he had a lot of toys, he had money, and all of his toys were destroyed with the earthquake. So I think God has him lined up next in the field. <laughs> Just continue to pray for him. Thank you.
My name is Kurt Guthrie, and uh, many of you know uh, how God has uh, taught me to depend on Him and trust in Him only through uh, a couple of brain surgery and a couple of cancer surgeries, including one brain surgery, and uh, and how He's brought me to the Master's College, even though I was told I would never be able to finish high school because I'd never be able to learn anything new. Well. Uh, I believe that we uh, got to be able to go through, got to be willing to go through anything to become what God wants us to be. And uh, God has really been teaching me lately. I've been uh, crying out to Him to increase my faith because even though I've been through so much and God has brought me through so much and done so much in my life, I forget to trust in Him. And. Uh, I've been praying that God would bring me back to that place from which I have fallen, a place where I was closer to Him and trusting more in Him. I have, I have not been what I need to be, and God has been doing a lot in my life and answering these prayers and a lot of hardships and difficulties. Um, Somebody ran into me, into my car a couple months ago and totaled my car. And I, uh, I made it through that. God, God saved me through that and God saved me through this earthquake. And I just praise God and thank God for, for what He's doing and what He can do for each and every one of us if we're willing to lay down what is important to us here be willing to go through anything to become everything that he wants us to be everything that we can be for him thank you um, I just wanted to read a passage that has just been on my mind I read it a couple months ago and I just keep thinking about it and um, it comes back to me all the time and it's about God's faithfulness and um, I think the reason it comes back to me so often is because I'm so faith, faithless. And it's Nehemiah 9, 9 through 31, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read some parts in it that are just so neat. It says, Thou in thy great compassion didst not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud did not leave them by day. And thou didst give, thou didst give thy good spirit to instruct them. Thy manna thou didst not withhold from their mouth. And thou didst give them water for their thirst. They were not in want. So they ate, were filled, and grew fat, and reveled in their great goodness. Listen to this, this is me. But they became disobedient, and rebelled against thee, and cast thy law behind their backs, and they committed great blasphemies. But then listen, this is God. It says, Thou didst hear from heaven, thou didst give them deliverers, who delivered them from the hand of the oppressors. And many times thou didst rescue them according to thy compassion. However, thou didst bear with them for many years. Nevertheless, in thy great compassion, thou didst not make an end of them or forsake them, for thou art a gracious and compassionate God. And I just want to praise the Lord for being faithful. I'm Scott Heffelbauer, and uh, for so long in my life, I looked at God and how big he was and how great he was and how he created everything and the power and the, the knowledge, and, and I always felt I had to perform for him. I had to uh, meet his standards. I've always considered, you know, it was easy to consider myself nothing compared to God, but then 
God deserves so much. I wanted to give Him everything. I wanted to give Him perfection. Everything I did, I strived to. I strived to be this perfect person for God, but yet I never made it because, of course, I can never get there. And so I kept. I was always. I was never where I needed to be. I never got where I wanted to be. And so I was for years. I was just sitting there wallowing, sitting there saying, "God, I'm trying. I'm doing my best, but I'm not giving you what you got." And I was in this total state of, of. I'm not good enough. I can't. I can't give God what He wants, and that kind of thing. And、uh, I got slapped at Christmas break from just different things here and there. And, and、uh, I'm realizing that that because Christ chose me to be as because God chose me to be a son and and one of His child, I'm like a child of the King. A child of the King does not go around in depression saying, "I'm not good enough."、Um, a lot of us, a lot of us don't get the chance. Some, you know, there's people that that they don't want God, and there's some people that aren't going to get God because they're not who God wants. And and God's chosen me, which means if I'm a child of God, I can't sit there in depression. All God wants is my best. And for so long, I wanted to give him perfect, and I can't give him perfect. And I just need to realize that perfect is the best I can. I can't. I can't do perfect, but I can give him the best. And、uh, we need to really realize that God doesn't want perfection. He just wants us to do our best. And as long as we're every day striving to do exactly what we can do, that's all we can do. And and we need to realize we're a child of God. And then this earthquake happens. I've been through many earthquakes, and so I sort of enjoy them. Maybe it's sick. I don't know. <laughs> But the first thing I thought of was that it was my dad that did that. I mean, my father and all his power created that, which means if I'm his, if I'm the son, he can do anything else. And all he wants is my best, and all he wants is me to do. The best I possibly can for him, and not be stuck in this depressional state. Because if we're supposed to be salt and light, we got to have the love and joy on Jesus's on our face of Jesus and of what He's given us. That's all we can do. Hi, my name is Heather, and I'm a freshman off-campus student here. Thank you both into the school. But um, <laughs> I just want to share a little bit with the earthquake I did in my heart. It was a very humbling time for me, and it has been. And I think it was a good reminder of His awesomeness and His power and His control over our lives. And、uh, I really needed that reminder, and He's been showing me ever since. Different pride issues in my life that I really need to deal with, and I'm thankful for that.、Um, I know the earthquake was hard, but it was a good learning time, and still is, and will continue to be for me.、Um, I wanted to share a verse that was encouraging, that has been encouraging to me, and it's Psalm 73:25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but Thee? And besides thee, I desire nothing on earth. 
My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. First of all, I never thought I'd ever get up in front of everybody and talk, but the Lord has been teaching me so much through this earthquake that I just couldn't help it. I was one of the people that freaked out and went home, and it really didn't... (laughs) It didn't help much either because I still woke up at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning just terrified. And my mom was sleeping right next to me and that still didn't help. But it just helped that God was showing me that he was in control and that I just needed to trust him and that he's inside of me. And that's the only way that the fear is going to stop. And so I came back and all of a sudden it just overwhelmed me that I was going to be okay. And every time one of those little tremor things hit, I was just like, okay, I'm going to handle this because God's inside of me, God's in control, and I'm going to be okay. And I never thought I would learn that. I never thought I'd be that close to God, but it just felt so wonderful to be that close and have that kind of peace. And I just couldn't help but share that. My name is Scott Nelson, and uh, I was debating whether or not to come up and share this with you, but I think it uh, is valuable. Um, over the past few months, God has really put a burden on my heart for uh, Cal Arts. I don't know if you know the school that's over here in uh, Valencia. And uh, just the state, if you know the state of the art community right now, it's very dark, very nihilistic. Um, there's not much hope there, and there's no, no defining. Uh, word that could describe the art movement right now because it's so shattered so uh, it's really the end result of humanism they're finding no basis for for beauty for art and i thought boy that is really a dark position to be in and i thought well where can i go to combat this where are the people who are stuck in this position and i found out about cal arts and it's so close to uh, to masters and i thought well here's this place that is the polar opposite of masters so close and uh, oftentimes we're afraid of uh, holding up in their in their art institute and not not wanting to to hear the truth. That seems so dark and scary to me. And uh, we met uh, Lee Smith and I have been going over there like once a week just to hang out and talk with people because you have to really fight through um, some of the false thinking before they even begin to understand uh, what you're talking about when you say. Uh, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we've just been talking to people and talking through um, their philosophies and uh, why they think the way they do and, and maybe pointing out some inconsistencies and hopefully sharing the gospel with them. And we have met uh, several people, but uh, one guy in particular who we've met and talked with over and over again, um, it's been neat to see uh, how his thinking, his eyes seem to be opening up and then the earthquake happened. I was kind of bummed at first. It was like, uh, this kind of breaks our rhythm. You know, we were getting getting there once a week, and we were starting to know some people. But the uh, neatest thing happened yesterday. I had an opportunity to talk to him and found out that CalArt sustained, like, over a million dollars worth of damage. They have these huge concrete buildings, and uh, they're pretty much spread out in tents all over Valencia. And I thought, boy... If nothing else could break that fortress mentality, this did it. <laughs> Some of those people had never been out of CalArts in years, and that was just their life. They'd never been faced with truth. And uh, this really shattered a lot of people there from what uh, this man had told me. And, uh, and I said, well, uh, to me the earthquake seems both good and bad. And he said, well, 
how can it be good? And I said, well, <laughs> let me tell you, this is a great opportunity to share, share uh, Christ. That's what was going on in my head. And uh, so I was able to share with him why I thought it was good in one respect and yet terrifying in another sense. So I just wanted to share that with you to uh, maybe pass that vision on to you as well because there are many people there who are in extreme darkness. And when something like this happens, it is uh, incredibly terrifying that we would be in that position as well. And uh, even pray for uh, this man's name Dave, uh, that uh, God would open his eyes. Uh, thanks. We have time for two more, so if you'd like to. Leah, and I'm a freshman, and um, if I was going to share everything that God had been doing in my life since I came here, we'd be here all day, so I won't. Um, when I came here, I guess uh, I was the um, person in the youth group in high school who everybody talked to and, and who um, uh, had been through a lot and, and who had grown spiritually um, a lot in high school, and um, you know when you when you um, have a lot of hard times and and um, you have a, a growth spurt that's um, really big uh, when things seem to start going good and and, um, and your life is really smooth your spiritual life almost seems like it's not going anywhere and when God told me to come here I was like here we go again um, I'm from Mississippi so it was a really big step never had never having been to California. And not knowing anybody, uh, it was the first time that I personally um, had to take the step of faith on my own and make the decision to come here. And um, God has really blessed that, and um, and He supplied me with the faith to come here, and and uh, He's blessed that faith so much. Um, I've been praying for a couple of years um, that He would really show me who He is. It's a scary thing to pray. Um, but show me who he is and, and um, grow me to, um, to love him more. And, you know, I was just, like, really getting discouraged uh, last semester, well, the semester before last, um, my senior year, because it didn't seem like I was learning anything, and it didn't seem like I was growing closer to him. And um, since I came here and, and I saw the wow step during wow week, and, and I saw their desire to serve him and to love him and... and um, and how strong in, in the word they were. I was just like, wow, I have so much to learn. And, and in so many ways, um, I can grow in. And I was just really got excited. And since then, he has showed me so many things through friends and earthquakes. And um, I've just seen parts of him I never really imagined were there. Um, and it's just been a blessing to be here and to be a part of this school and, and I'm part of the student body. Hi, my name is Betsy, and uh, let's see, I guess I'm a sophomore here, kind of. And um, this is kind of a silly story, and I don't know if I can um, get across to you what God's been teaching me through this, but um, let's see, last semester, my grandmother, this is kind of goofy, but um, got the beginning stages of Alzheimer's disease. And um, it's kind of strange to watch someone being that has been a godly example, or just a godly woman all her life, start to go kind of nuts. And um, <laughs> at first it was like, oh, great, you know, we have to deal with this. She's loony, and she forgets, and she 
um, can be evil. There's just, there's this, I've never heard, I mean, I've never experienced Alzheimer's disease before. And um, there's, I mean, of course I wouldn't, but I've never come across it. And so, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, so we, she moved up to my father's, my parents' home and um, just uh, was very, a big strain in our family. And I wasn't even living there. Um, but on my on my brothers and my dad and mom, it's been a, very hard. And so um, I've been thinking about this. And, and what it is, it's to watch a woman who has total sanity go and lose it. And I, and I keep thinking, Lord, why um, why does your mind go like that? And there's and you search through the Bible, and there's not there's not a lot of things there that talk about insanity and uh, losing your mind. And, and I guess um, the one thing that the Lord has been teaching me. To try to understand it, and this is something that my parents are going through too, because you know it just doesn't—I don't experience this, and so um, we were trying to battle all through it. And I was talking with my husband last night, and uh, with some other people that were experiencing experiencing the same thing with their parents, and or these were older people who their parents were kind of like this too. And um, to watch somebody go and lose their sanity is just amazing. And I, and I couldn't figure out why the Lord would do that. Why, why at the very end of your years, the glorious years of life that, you know, after you've experienced all the trials, why, why um, does the mind go? And I, the only thing I could, I could come up with um, through discussing this was, was that it's just the example of what we were like before we came to Christ. And, um, and through, even though, I mean, even though um, she's saved and she's, She's been godly, and I, I believe she is saved and will go to be with the Lord. Um, it's just a prime example of what we were like before he, he rescued us, before he saved us from um, from hell. And I guess um, it just reminds me that, I, and I don't know if you can understand it, but she is just practically depraved in her mind. I mean, they, my mom and her go shopping, and she undresses in front of they're shopping for clothes and she's undressing in front of everybody. I mean, there's just no sanity. And so you think, Lord, why do you why do you do that to somebody? But it was just a total example of what we were like before we we were saved. And um, and I guess in light of that, being just kind of an average Christian or whatever you call it, I don't really tend to look back at my myself before I was saved. And I don't understand and can't grasp the ugliness of what um, God says in the Bible that we were. And um, in the light of that, it's been so wonderful to be able to see what he's brought me from and what he is making me now. And I just want to encourage you guys, um, if there's anything I could share with you um, from, from my heart, is just to, your relationship with the Lord is the most important um, aspect of, any, any, of anything that you do here. And, um, and just to remind you that he has done a work of a miracle in your life to bring you from the world that's out there to bring you to this. And so I'm sounding really nervous about it. <laughs> um, just treasure what you have here. Treasure what you have in the Lord. And um, um, I read something in, in a little prayer book yesterday. and It said, um, may I never be too busy to attend to my soul. And um, that's a serious, serious prayer. And I would pray that for all of you guys. Just um, aside from the social life here, aside from the fun um, aspects of this that this college brings, um, Dive down deep into what um, your relationship with God is like. Because when you pass all these years, and when you get into being married, like I am, um, things like this aren't here. And you've got to really depend on the Lord. And, and that's when it will be wonderful to walk with the Lord. And it really is. But anyway, so through that funny, that kind of awkward situation, I just learned that 
uh, of what I was before I was saved. And um, now I can see the wonderful, wonderful miracle that God's done in my own heart. So just want to encourage you guys with that, okay? <laughs> Thanks. If I could have you guys stand. Again, I, I just want to thank you for those that shared. And um, continue this in the dorms. Share how the Lord is teaching you so that maybe you can um, teach someone else. So let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. And um, I know in my own life there are so many times, Lord, when I'm faithless. God, thank you for your love and for your son. Just give us a good day, Lord. Help us to serve you, as Scott had said, with um, giving you everything that we have. Just give us a good day today. In your name we pray, amen. And you're dismissed.